Hi, this is Selena from the South Brunswick Public Library doing another podcast on alchemy of genres. And this time we're looking at fantasy, sci-fi, horror, mystery a little bit because speculative mysteries are a thing now and they kind of mix things in. So I'd rather just throw it in there. But these are featuring people of color in leading roles and many are also written by people of color. It was important to me to make sure I got some of those in there um, as well as just people, including people of color, but actually writing from that same viewpoint. We're going to start by admitting I am not a person of color, but I'm passionate about inclusion in all sorts and all varieties. And honestly, I'm passionate about sci-fi fantasy and everything so I love to see different viewpoints and when you include mythologies based in non-European non-western cultures you find some really cool things um, I know there's a lot more out there I could not get everything and I wanted to include all of the things but I had to pick and I picked a few that I thought were really really strong and I'm sure I can do another one of these in a bit and include a whole bunch more as I'm finding that especially YA literature is exploding with examples of them including more and more people of color as they're noticing the problems finally. So we'll definitely do this again. But for our first one, we're going to start with one of my favorite authors, Nettie Akorafor. I love her writing. I've loved pretty much everything I've ever read of hers. She writes for adults, she writes for kids, mostly teens, but still. What I love is that she uses simple words to explain complex circumstances. Like She doesn't bog down the writing with a whole lot of unnecessary things. Her t books tend to be more compact. But that is not to say that they are not complex. It just means that she has used her words like scalpels and just cuts to the heart of things. And she draws you in and exposes you to these characters and they show themselves in these various ways. And you just... You can't help but be sucked into the universe and buying what she's selling because what she's selling is awesome. So, I'm sure I've mentioned her before, um, especially with the Binti books. I know I mentioned those and we're just going to mention them again. It's a trilogy. It takes place in outer space. Binti is from an African nation and has her own set of abilities, powers, slash technology awareness. And she's out into the universe at university where she um, meets and forms a bond with an alien. So I can't say more ruins everything because the first story is really tightly wound. Um, I haven't read the third one yet. I definitely am going to. But anyway, definitely keep that in mind. The Binti books, really good. And I think they just came out with a three-in-one compilation because they're really short books. They're aimed at YA, but you can read them in any capacity. 
Lagoon is one that I just read recently. It was really amazingly cool and just such a different perspective. The idea is that a spaceship crashes off the coast of Lagos, Nigeria. It is The book is called Lagoon because Lagos is translated to Lagoon. So it's a very much water-based community. Um, and it's got its own cultural norms because it is Nigeria. Three people happen to be on Bar Beach when this spaceship crashes. It causes a sort of tidal wave. And when the spaceship crashes, you see it interacting with the animal life in the ocean. And then it brings in three people who happen to be on the beach. One is Agu, who is a soldier. One is Anthony, who is a famous um, rapper. And... He happens to be in Nigeria, but he's not from Nigeria. And then you have Adora, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. She's a marine biologist. The three of them are sucked into the ocean. They don't remember the encounter, but they come out and they meet with an alien who takes the form of a human. The interesting thing of these aliens is that they are not carbon-based they seem to have a separate cellular structure in that they can assume any form, but they can also communicate with any life form. And so they are really trying to integrate with our society and not just integrate, but fix and understand. So they have been trying to figure out a way to do that and so these three people are their primary contacts they want to get this alien to the president but in the meanwhile you have people who are like "Ooh, alien probably could bring in a lot of money if we kidnap her you've got the religious right there's a priest who wants to use her for his own means and convert her to christianity and then promote it as um his own way of of bringing in more money and getting her to support his lifestyle and his religion. And then, of course, you have the military who have their own ideas and they want to just blow everything up. Meanwhile, the ocean is changing. The tides are rising because the creatures in the ocean are communicating with these aliens on what their own wants and needs are and how they want to not have these crazy no-fish alien humans in the ocean killing them all the time. So you've got lots of layers and all of the things are important. There is no extraneous information in here and it reads really short chapters. You get viewpoints from the animal life, you get viewpoints from the people, and then you have appearances from some of the um, African gods make some appearances. It's so good. And you don't expect the ending or the pieces to fit the way they do. Because you've got everybody out for themselves. You've got some people who really want, the three people that are the main people, really want to do the right thing with these aliens. But there's also people who want to use for their own means. There's people who just hate change of all kinds. 
and she integrates all of the pieces and all of the corruption and the good people and the bad people and the confused people all into one big community and then shows how this pebble dropped into that pond blows everything into a whole new lake <laughs> it's no longer a pond it's a lake and this pebble just blew everything poosh and now the splashes are coming down in a whole new pattern it's amazing i really really liked it definitely recommend it what do we got next i've got to turn the page okay so a really really fast book that I was not expecting to be as amazing as it was. It just it was a quirky little book that I picked up and I was like, ooh, this looks interesting. It's called Fina by Nino Kipri. It's, I forget the names of the two characters. I should have looked them up, but I didn't. My apologies. Read the blog. You'll get their names. But you've had two main characters. Um, it's a, not only is this a sci-fi but it's a realistically based, like, reality-based sci-fi. But it also has two queer characters, which is amazing. So you've got the... They, they both work at this Ikea slash Pier 51 slash random box store. So it's a furniture place where they have different rooms of furniture all that's in different places. The one girl identifies as a girl. The other one is gender fluid and identifies as they and them. They just broke up their relationship. And the one girl is like, I just want to make sure I'm never scheduled with you because this is breaking my heart and things are not good. And I don't want to work with you. But then someone calls out and she gets called in. And of course, she's working with her ex. And it's still a fresh new ex. The wounds are still fresh. She's working at the customer service counter at this place and a, a girl about 19, 20 comes up and says, my grandmother is missing. And they're like, well, have you looked for her? And they're like, she's like, of course, but she was right behind me and she's not here. So they make announcements and they start wandering around and the two people who just broke up are looking at, they end up in a, in coming from different directions and they end up in the same area. And one of them looks over and says, that's not a room I recognize. And the other one goes, that's not a room I recognize. And they call the manager and then the manager gets everyone together because she sighs and says, oh, great, it's happening. Turns out that this place and every place that has sort of a maze-like feel to it is susceptible to wormholes. And one has just opened in their store. And not only is their store susceptible to them, but it's susceptible enough that they have a protocol in place. Unfortunately, due to recessions and cutbacks, they don't have a department for it anymore. But they have a video made in the 80s or the 90s that shows you how to handle a wormhole. And then they have this weird little machine that you can take into the wormhole because they are reasonably sure that the grandma wandered through to a room that doesn't exist in their universe. It's in a, one of the multiverse. That's the idea of the wormhole takes you to an infinite number of universes that sit side by side. So grandma is in the next universe. And in the event that they can't find grandma, the machine will then take you to the reasonable equivalent. So if grandma is incapacitated or dies, you can find one of her other grandmothers that looks just like her, but just grew up on a different planet slash Earth, but in a different way. 
it is quirky and weird as they're wandering through all these different places trying to stay alive trying not to fight too much because they're really angry and hurt about their relationship issues but also trying to just survive in this weird environment where things just aren't normal and get wrapping their head around that so fun so quirky I loved it I think it's like a 120 page book it's really not that long but it was so good and um the the they them character is from a an african-american family it's not really well defined it's just it's just a mention so it's not like this is a big plot point. It just isn't one of those things. It just happens that they're queer. It just so happens that one of them is a, is a person of color. And then they move on because the thing is about the wormholes and that intersectionality with our world and how to handle this. So it was so funny and so good. It's not meant to be funny, but there are definitely funny moments. And um, I just don't know why somebody hasn't picked this up and made like a really good bad movie out of it because it's just screaming for someone to make one I mean hello wormholes in Ikea in bad furniture sections that what you need that movie I need that movie I need to go watch that movie somewhere Netflix are you listening <laughs> uh, next book on the list is Golden Girl by Sarah Zettel this is the sequel to Dust Girl, which I've talked about before. In this book, Callie, who's the main character, is now in the Hollywood. We're still in the 1930s, so being a person of color and also half fae, not a good thing. But she almost passes, so she's having an easier time than she would have. But she's trying to find her way in Hollywood and deal with all the 1930s issues but also find a portal to the Fae world and rescue her family. So she's got multiple layers of things going on. And Zatel writes in, in a really fun way. This is a YA book, but it's just really cool. Um, and I love how she's mixing historical fiction with fairy culture. And also pointing out um, race racism and issues of the day. And... and continuing into our day so um but it, it just highlights really well all of the things storm dancer by jay Kristoff is the first book in the lotus wars trilogy and this takes place in a dystopian slash steampunk japan kind of world and the main character is yukiko she is sent on a mission that she thinks is destined to fail because it's a mythical creature that she's supposed to capture for the emperor and or the shogun technically and she knows that it's not possible to catch and then she actually does catch it and it turns out that the two of them can they bond in a way over um the course of part of the novel and by bonding with this creature, she has sort of started a prophecy and found herself to be the center of a prophecy because this whole dystopian universe is powered by lotus plants. And the lotus is sort of taking the place of like the poppy and the opium because you've got people smoking it, you've got people 
using it for fuel. You've got people using it to eat. You've got that she. It's got a multitude of uses, but because their culture is so tied to the lotus, it also has problems. And the societal norms and the the barriers are breaking down, as well as just society itself is breaking down because it's becoming more and more about the drug and less and less about the people. And so Yukiko is caught up in, the, in a revolution and also a prophecy and is trying to work her way through both of them and survive. And it's really cool to see a, a female character who can kick butt and who is also, well, let's face it, I just adore steampunk. So the, by mixing it with the steampunk and a little bit of dystopia in there, it's amazing. Out of the Easy is a uh, Ruta Septis. Septis? I'm not sure. Um, <clears throat> not sure how to pronounce it. I know what her name is. It's a YA mystery. It's also historical fiction. So this was a rough read for me only because mystery is not my favorite category. Historical fiction is not my favorite category. And yet I really like the book. So I guess that says something about the book. It is set in the 1950s of New Orleans. Josie is the main character. She is a daughter of a prostitute who is determined to get herself a better life and go to school and do all the right things. But she then finds herself caught in the middle of a murder. And in order to find out who murdered it, murdered this person, she's um, forced to delve deeper and deeper into the parts of her mother's life and the underground scene in New Orleans than she ever wanted to be. Because she's trying to keep herself above board and with a pristine reputation so that she can move on and move out of this area. And, and have a better life for herself. She is a flawed character, but I liked her tenacity and her focus and the way that Septus plays the mystery elements and it's, uh, the, the way it falls out is really well done. It's a YA book, but it's on that fringe end of uh, upper YA into new adults. So it's got a lot of things going on. It's got a lot of balls to juggle in the air and... And some deep subject matter and just growing up in without a lot of options in an impoverished neighborhood when all you can sell is yourself. It's not the best background to have, but one that she is determined to overcome and definitely def a big issue to handle in the 1950s. Big issue to handle today. Um... The Girl with All the Gifts by M.R. Carey. The movie came out. Trust me, the book is so much better. Melanie is uh, the voice of the narrator. It's Everything's from Melanie's point of view. It, you figure out really quickly that she's not quite human. Or she is, but there's something going on. Okay, she's a zombie. You figure it out in five seconds. But she doesn't know this. She doesn't understand why she's strapped to a chair so that she can go to class or why she's treated so weirdly. And all she wants is to earn the respect and, and love of her teacher. She really likes her teacher. And then these creatures break into the, to the compound where they're at and she fights them off to save her teacher and they all go on a a few of the survivors go on a quest to figure out 
they're trying to find a cure for the zombie virus. But all is not as it seems. The world is all topsy-turvy. And also, how do you have a zombie that is a little girl who's growing? And she's growing up as a zombie. She's got her own thoughts and her own feelings. This is not a mindless zombie. She can communicate. She can talk. She can read. She's growing and maturing. It, it's, it's a really cool story with a really cool premise and and just definitely has to go in there in your lexicon of things American Gods Anansi Boys are two books in the American Gods series the American Gods the TV show all of that but basic premise is that Shadow is the main character he's been in jail um, he gets out, his wife has been murdered, and, or dies in a car accident, thinks she was murdered. Anyway, he is on a journey, and he meets up with a lot of gods, and he's caught up in a war of the gods. Anansi Boys features Fat Charlie, whose father, Mr. Nancy, has died, and his world has sort of gotten very, very weird. And he is struggling to understand who he is, who his father was, and how to incorporate this into the life that he thought he knew, and also uh, make adjustments for the life that he now has. So it's quite a lot, and it, and it, it was... I, I love both of them. Anansi Boys has not been made into any TV series. But who knows? If American Gods goes on long enough, they'll maybe incorporate it in there. You could easily do that. Alec Helms with Dragons of Heaven, which is the first book in the series, also called Dragons of Heaven. Missy Masters is masquerading as her grandfather's super identity. Her grandfather has passed away, but she's taken on his super identity because she carries the same superpowers and she's just pretending to be him and save her town in Chinatown. Someone has isolated China and all of the Chinatowns in the world for a nefarious purpose. So Missy has to go back to her roots and find a way into China as well as face her own personal demons and, oh yeah, a supervillain that wants to, you know, take over the world and maybe the power of dragons. Um, I love that this book plays with Eastern philosophies, Eastern mythologies, and also touches on the issues that a uh, part white, part Chinese person has from both sides of the cultural uh, not good enough for this side and not good enough for that side uh, way of looking at things. And it's really well done. And the second one is called Conclave of Shadow. A Taji, I think is how you pronounce it. It's called Taji from Beyond the Rings. And the author is R. Cooper. This is a book from Amazon. It's uh, available on Kindle. I do not believe you can, you can purchase it on Amazon, but you can't get it outside of Amazon. So it's one of those. But it's a really interesting sci-fi slash romance. And definitely for adults. It's got some male-male romance love thing going on. 
The Interplanetary Trade Coalition is not doing well at diplomacy with the Shah Empire. And it's a well-known secret that if diplomacy fails, the IPTC, or IPTC as the people in it call it, will just come in and take over, clean house, cause a coup, game over, we're now taking over. And they're all trying, the people in the IPTC are trying to keep that from happening and let the Shah Empire do its thing. Taji has somehow ended up as a translator. Uh, he's always been fascinated with language and he's been trying to figure out how to make how to incorporate and better the translator units that they all have because the Shah are a people that are very kind of cat-like and the intricacies of the language can't be used by a translator because part of the language is dependent on non-spoken context and body placement so ears uh, the way you got your body and the way you say it text the the tone all of these things make a difference in how the word is it's supposed to be interpreted so some of the things that are happening in the story are because he doesn't understand things because he's coming from a human perspective and and they're shah but he's also a trained linguist with the iptc and so he has his own protocols that he's supposed to follow uh, Tren is a person who was from Shaw, but it turns out as the novel goes on that he is sort of an outcast of his own. He's from a non... He's an outsider. For whatever reason, they have determined that he is not uh, as good as the rest of them. So they are constantly putting him down when they're not putting Taji down for being a mere human. So, uh, but Taji has a crush on Tren. It, everybody knows it, but he's trying desperately to pretend that it's, it's, you know, he's hiding it well. Weirdly, because he's so outspoken in the Shah culture, everybody's very controlled and contained, and he's human, so he's used to being expressive and emotive, which makes him different. And then as the people around him realize that he, he has a crush on Tren and they misinterpret it, and he somehow ends up classified as a Shesa, which loosely translate according to the translator machine into lover but it obviously means more because suddenly he is a person of interest he is not allowed to be touched in by anyone except Tren he is not he is supposed to be protected he's allowed to talk about whatever he wants to talk about he can um, voice opinions and he's somehow a valued commodity but he wasn't ready for this and he didn't expect this and now suddenly he's caught up in a uh, middle ground between the IPTC and the Emperor of the Shah as well as some people who want to get rid of the Emperor and so he's trying to struggle to figure out how he can fit in this world and how he can just fall and be in love with the man of his dreams even though he's not technically a man, but a cat thing. Um, it's really interesting. There's some definite suspension of disbelief required, but it's fun. It's sexy. 
it's really an interesting twist on a on a sci-fi adventure and the fact that he kind of stumbles into so many things but he's really really smart so when he figures it out he just goes for it and does the best he can because he's always trying to be kind and caring for everyone and he gives everyone a second and a third and a fourth chance which is really cool um Tallowwood by N.R. Walker is a new obsession of mine and Evidently, it's going to be a series, but it's the first one, and I don't know when the rest of them are coming out, but I'm so excited. It was so good. It's a mystery. It's got a little bit of a supernatural element in it, but it's mostly just a mystery. There is a little bit of romance in it, but it's kind of on the light side. It doesn't get all heavy about it. Um, main characters, August Shaw is a detective from Sydney. He works a lot of cold cases. You've got Senior Constable Jacob Porter, who is um, the LGBT representative for his tiny little town. And he's also an Aboriginal. And he's the only Aboriginal on the police force. So he's sort of an outsider multiple ways. But he's made peace with that and he's comfortable with that. And he knows of August Shaw because he is the first person to be out in the police force in Australia. And it was a really big deal. And he's sort of a role model. Jacob finds a body in the Tallow Wood Forest. It's a nature preserve. And calls in August Shaw because he's he thinks or someone tells him that August has seen other cases similar to this. And it turns out that it is similar to this. August is convinced that there has been like a 20-year serial killer who's only exclusively going after LGBT men and staging killings to look like suicides. And he can't figure out how it's happening. And he's always fighting the system, trying to get the clues and the answers. And then suddenly this case in, in the tallow wood comes up and everything looks like he might start to get some answers but then he starts getting stonewalled and so and Jacob along with him the two of them become close but also they're trying desperately to just find a way through the walls that are being erected and figure out if there's a conspiracy and if there is where it might be coming from who could be serial killers be is there more than one is it just one is this just a figment of their imagination? What is going on? Really, really well done. Lots of suspense, lots of action and adventure. And it's in Australia, so you get some terminologies that maybe you're not familiar with in some interesting ways. I like that Walker calls out when August does something that's a little bit on the not cool spectrum. Like he'll ask a question or he'll say something. And Jacob will call him on it and be like, you know, dude, that's a little racist. Why would you say that to me? And um, But he's also really supportive because he's younger and he's grown up with just being okay with who he is and comfortable in his skin. Whereas August has a lot more baggage and a lot more heartbreak and a lot more issues because he's a little older and he's and he's seen a lot more. And, and it's just a really cool interaction from a romance perspective. But it's a really, really cool novel from a mystery perspective as well. And I think you will enjoy it. Black God's Drums by P. Jelly Clark. I'm not sure if I pronounced that correctly. It's 
but it's the best I can do. And if I did it wrong, I'm so sorry. But the main character, she calls herself Creeper because she's a sneak thief and she can creep up on anyone. No one hears her coming. She finds out a secret, overhears it, about a kidnapped Haitian scientist and a, a mysterious weapon called the Black God's Drums. She is attempting to use this knowledge to win a spot on board a smuggler airship called the Midnight Robber. But she ends up in a battle to save the city of New Orleans. And she will have to use the power of Oya, the African Orisha of wind and storms who lives inside her. The important thing about this is to understand that this is not a novel that takes place in current New Orleans. This is more of like, again, that that what if universe where it's sort of a steampunk feel because there's airships and there's an alternate history in that you have the Civil War was changed and different things happened and the history altered from the history we know. And I don't want to get into all of it because they will get into it in the book. But it's so it's like an alternate history with a little bit of a steampunk feel, but it's not necessarily a steampunk. I really love this book. It's got like a little bit of Haitian culture, a little bit of New Orleans culture mixed in with the um, the roots of the African beliefs and the, the gods and goddesses from Haiti and again, hearkening back towards the African continent. So I love the interactions and the, the play of everything. And the main character is not defined in any one particular way like you think maybe she's this way but maybe she's that way and she's maybe this way and maybe that way I I like that she's undefined and you can read into her however you want to read into her is she an LGBT person is she non-gender conforming or is she just fighting against the system and trying to stay safe in a world where she's by herself hmm I don't know what do you think I really liked this. It was there's a little bit of a mystery, there's a lot of adventure, but it's definitely a sci-fi at its heart and an enjoyable tale all the way around. Last book on the list for this time is another one in a series that I've mentioned before, but the new one just came out, so I have to bring it up. And that is G.L. Carriger with the Enforcer Enigma. The San Andreas Shifters number three. You've got Judd, the enforcer, he for a werewolf pack, and he is very old. He joined the pack recently when they splintered off from their original pack, and now they're in San Andreas. Colin is the youngest. He's nerdy. He's small. He's very unsure of himself. He's had some major traumas in his life. The, both of them find themselves up against the Selkie mob. Yes, Selkie, as in they transform from seal into human and back. Uh, and what they need to do is save their new friend who is running from his mob family and keep the pack safe. Also, will Colin ever trust Judd that he, that he can be gentle in spite of his enforcer style, which is a little scary because he's a big giant guy and Colin's a little tiny guy and can Colin find his own sense of self-worth and allow himself to love it's really 
sweet and fun in a character way. You've you've got lots going on. You've got the definite male male romance, and you've got an interplay of personal histories and fun adventures and danger. So it was really well done and I loved it. And I think, I think we're going to end here because a lot of my podcasts have been going really long lately and I'm trying not to do that to everyone all the time. So there are so many more of these and I have a pile that I wanted to read through, but I just can't read that fast. I tried. So we will definitely revisit this some more and I look forward to hearing from you. I thank you very much for listening and make sure you follow the blog, pass along the podcast, and support your local library. And we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Thanks. Bye.